BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. and welcome back to another episode of A Change in Attitude, your modern look at the Attitude Era of WWF. I am your host this week, Ori the Draw, and with me on this wonderful journey, as always, is his lordship himself, the Podfather Mags. How are you today, my good friend, whom I love so much? Oh, you butter me up, ma'am. <laughs> you butter me up. This this is not what she was saying earlier in a different stream, people. Believe me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing really good. Uh, tired a little bit. Uh, it's been a hectic week with uh, football and, and UFC, but yeah, glad to uh, to be chatting some WWF Raw with, with some of my besties. Yeah. And of course, also along for the ride with us today is the Scottish juggalo, Danny. And how are you today, sir? Really well. Thank you very much, guys. Um, Looking forward to today. Yes. So we are looking back at the January 20th, 1997 episode of Raw. If you're following along on Peacock, that's going to be season five, episode three. This takes place in the Montana Arena in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, Of course, Royal Rumble the night before was over in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And this show started off pretty dang wild. We've got Vince, we've got King, we've got JR, all at ringside on commentary, and Brett comes out automatically. All three of them, for some odd reason, leave the commentary table and start facing off and squaring off with, with Brett, basically, in the ring, who's calling out Vince saying... You know, you promised me this, you promised me that, you promised me a shot at the title, you screwed me out of all of this, and so I quit. Mm-hmm. And starts to head off through the crowd, Vince starts chasing him, and then out of nowhere, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring, who starts fussing at Brett and saying, you're crying and whining and belly aching about who screwed you. Why don't you get in here? And I was supposed to face Sid, and he's got a concussion and a yellow stripe down his back. 
not stated. <laughs> My dear husband from the other room, no less. So let's talk about all of this. Oh, and then Vince in, ends up leaving commentary altogether. Mm-hmm. So we're left with what we traditionally remember from the Attitude Era as the key components of commentary, JR and King. Mm -hmm. This was a very interesting way to start off Raw. And I don't know how much of this was actually planned or kayfabe or reality or what was going on. But I will say it feels more like the the Raws that we're used to from the Attitude Era, what what we kind of remember, you know, whether it's um, what do you call that effect where you mem- remember things that weren't the Mandela, actually- yeah, yeah, it's 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 whether we have the Mandela effect or if it's actually the way it was, and so but this felt more, this felt like, more like Attitude Era than what we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, what yeah. do you guys think about all of it? Yeah, well, uh, me and Danny were were literally saying exactly the same thing just uh, just uh, before we started recording. That um, of all the rows that we've we've watched uh, uh, throughout this run, this felt the most attitude era esque. Um, it felt real. It felt um, fresh. It felt chaotic. And I think that's what I'm taking away from it the most: the the chaos of this whole episode. Um, yeah, it, it was um, it was a breath of fresh air. Um, I I thought it was a, a an outstanding way to uh, to kind of uh, differentiate this raw from the raws that have, uh, that we've uh, we've watched over the last uh, thirty five or so episodes. Um, this this really feels like a change. Um, I mean, is it going to stick around? Uh, um, for for the for the short term, I know this is how Raws end up being uh, all the way throughout the the majority of the Attitude Era, um, but this feels like a taste of what we've got to come. It really does, doesn't it? It's um, mm-hmm. it's like you said, breath of fresh air. But the thing that really start pointed out to me was uh, Vince McMahon's facials. They were totally on point. What did you guys think of uh, Vince's performance here? Yeah, I think I, th- I thought you're you're absolutely right. Um, uh, everybody in this, and uh, Ori made a point of, of whether it uh, was was kayfabe or not. I think we're still in the 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 pre-recorded um, like era, so this was the product that WWE wanted to put out. Um, so I think that that it certainly is kayfabe. But everybody in this whole kind of. Uh, uh, this 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 seg- segment played their part perf- perfectly. You had uh, Brett looking like he was pissed off, getting the crowd round behind him, uh, really kind of uh, blurring the lines between reality and fiction, uh, pointing out uh, the promises that Vince had made. You had uh, essentially Jr. Selling Vince under under the uh, under the bus, saying that he saw uh, Brett win the win the rumble and he should have won. You had King uh, essentially wanting Brett to leave and and go away. Then you have Austin coming in, being that that antagonist that just loves stirring the pot, knowing that Brett um, is pissed off and he just wants to to add to that. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a, a really well done segment. Yeah, it was definitely very interesting because, you know, we had talked about in earlier episodes when Brian Pillman shows up where he starts towing the line between, you know, 
Bookerman, all that. Yeah, yeah. Bookerman versus like he's the one really in charge, and this even further points towards that. And so it's kind of, in a way, doing some long-term storytelling, you know, ever so slowly. We're getting to that point where it's going to be revealed that while Gorilla may be president, he's not really the one in charge. He's just a puppet. And Vince is the puppet master. That's right. And so it's it's really, really interesting because it's like J.R. and King are trying to take away from that. So you, you get kind of this little reveal without completely showing your hand, you know, mm-hmm. in poker. And so it's, it's kind of fun because, to, in a sense, we know what's coming. We know how things turn out. Yeah. You know, even myself, who didn't really watch during this time i I know what's going to be revealed i know what eventually ends up being revealed i don't know how it happens but it's kind of fun to watch and see this how the chessboard plays out yeah how it all unfolds it's like watching a stop motion of of clouds going through the sky and seeing how or a flower bloom like you know how it's going to turn out but seeing all those little intricate pieces of all the petals on the the flower being revealed one at a time it's really kind of cool Um, but we end up transitioning from that to a tag team match between owen hart and british bulldog versus Philip LaFon and Doug Furness. And it was really weird to me because British Bulldog and Owen Hart, it was like they had no knowledge of what had happened previously that Brett had quote unquote quit and didn't care. Like their focus was completely on the match. And you would think that, I mean, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but the three of them, they've been the heart foundation. They're, they're mm-hmm. so intrinsically intertwined that it's odd that they would have no reaction to this whatsoever yeah to me anyway that is a a really good point uh and uh, i think the the way i personally would explain uh that is that they had their own issues um if if we uh, go back 24 hours uh owen did eliminate bulldog from from the rumble so there is that kind of can i trust my partner uh issue going on Owen obviously has this uh, has this issue with his brother, uh, where uh, Bulldog has been kind of playing the the peacemaker, but uh, Bulldog knows that he's got uh, he's got issues in house to deal with, uh, and and Brett's problems are essentially Brett's problems. Yeah, it it, it was all very interesting, mm-hmm. very convoluted. Um, the match in and of itself, I felt was okay. Um, I think it felt more of a cool off to kind of calm down everything that had happened before and try to refocus everybody. Um, I don't think it was anything amazing to write home about. There were some really good moves by LaFon and Furnace. You end up with Owen hitting him with the Slammy Award. Surprise, surprise. Typical Owen shenanigans. And then it's all over. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, what did you th- what did you think? Because am I viewing this wrong, <laughs> or give me a you know did did I need to look at this with a different perspective? Because I really had a hard time getting into this match. 
No, I don't think you're looking at it wrong because I'm very much like you. I've never seen this before. Um, I, I would say this was the best match on the card. Me and uh, the Lord was talking about that before uh, we jumped on here. Um, yeah, um, other than that, um, yeah, I would definitely say it was the best match. Uh, there was a lot of good chain wrestling in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Owen Hart, did you see Owen Hart hit a really good uh, flying drop kick as well? I think those were the two things that stood out to me. But the biggest thing was uh, this actually had a clean finish. Well, it was sort of like a dirty finish, but it had a one-two-three in there. Um, what did you think about it, Bags? Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna kind of like um, differ than uh, from from you two a little bit. I thought this was a this was a really good way of keeping that momentum of the the first segment going. Uh, a, a lot of times when we've been uh, watching these rows, we've had really good promos or we've had really good kind of like backstage segments, and it's the wrestling that time and time again has let the show down. Um, but with uh, with uh, Owen in this match and and uh, Furnace and Lafon really being outstanding in this tag division, um, and then obviously Davey's a, a great worker in of, in of himself. Um, this this could have easily been um, um, a much better match, but it was it was certainly a, a passable raw match. Like Danny said, we got some great chain wrestling. Um, I'm I'm actually more disappointed that we don't see more of Furnace and, and the fun in in WWF uh, because these two are are really good together. They've got some great chemistry, uh, not only as, as as tag partners but with the the opponents that they're facing. And it's a shame that uh, that didn't end up being a, a lot more longer term run. But they they did what they needed to do in uh, in uh, dropping the, the the victory to to the champions. Um, I enjoyed the match. I really thought it was good. Uh, great, great uh, finish with the Slammy Award and then the the running power slam. It, it made a lot of sense. Ticked a lot of boxes for me, and it kept that kind of uh, harp going uh, for me uh, until we get into the into the next segment and that shit the bed. Yeah, that kind of <laughs> felt. I kind of felt the same way about that. We had Farouk and the Nation of Domination come out, and then poor Bart Gun. Like, I get they're trying to capitalize on the fact that they're in Texas. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be a Texas boy. Like, there was almost no fanfare for Bart Gunn to come out to. No. Whatsoever. Nobody. None. You could, I don't know that you could have paid them to care. Like, I think if it would have been Billy Gunn, I, I think they it would have blown the roof off. But Bart, nah, not so much. Yeah. And I think the issue there is that Billy's been portrayed as the heel. He's the one who was chasing Sable. He was the one who essentially split the tag team. Bart is the face in all this, but he he has the charisma of a, a block of cheese. Hey, don't he eat does. cheese like um, that. I, I really I like know, cheese. I think I know why the uh, fans weren't into Bart Gunn. Because it was I think terrible. it was because he was born in Florida. <laughs> so he's a he's a phony Texan, much like Ray Cash, who's he's like me, Baltimore born and bred. <laughs> but yeah, the, the the match itself was was not even uh, it didn't even make up for for the the apathy. Um, I'm not a huge fan of these kind of uh, Eminem, uh, Machine Gun Kelly wannabe. Uh, White rappers that are part of uh, Nation Domination. It it does get better, people. Believe me. Um, but yeah, um, 
it was a, essentially a numbers game that, uh, that, that held Bart down. It ended up becoming uh, a jobber match. Um, yeah, what can we say? It pushes Farouk, though, which, uh, which is, I suppose is the aim of, uh, of, of what happened. Yeah, I mean, we end up with, um, if I remember correctly... But essentially, Bart, um, um, I think it, Farouk tries to, to run... Oh, no, Bart chases off the two uh, M&Ms. Uh, he ends up getting hit by Farouk. Crush uh, lays, in, lays in a bit of the boot, rolls him back into the ring, Dominator, and uh, a five-minute squash. And see, that's the thing. Like, it was so... It, yeah. It's hard to remember. I mean... Anybody also, else? in my in my defense, I watched Royal the Royal Rumble and this show back to back. So, you know, trying I mean, to remember all of that. For, for me, the the issue in this was that it was Bart Gunn. Um, he's unfortunately he he's not got the star power to uh, to elevate this match. If it would have been maybe Flash Funk, that would have been um, a, a better replacement. But it is what it is, uh, and Bart's now the new Savio Vega, King of the Jobbers. That's actually a good nickname. <laughs> it's a shame, though, because Savio Vega's so good. I love Savio Vega. He's so, I so talented. Too. I do, too. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So after this, we finally get Vince back out from the from the back. He comes out with Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. who um, then, in essence, makes talks about what happened at the Royal Rumble and makes a four-man no-DQ match because of the results, because of the, the the referees not seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin being eliminated, um, which I think is very interesting booking. Um, I mean, I can't say it's not something we haven't seen before, necessarily. Um, but yeah, we're going to get this four-man no-DQ match, and then whomever wins that match will go on to face whoever happens to be the WWF champion. Um, and it's going to be Taker and Vader, who were both eliminated by Stone Cold Steve Austin, fraudulently, Bret Hart, if he accepts, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Stone Cold comes out, threatens Monsoon, gets in Vince's face. I should, you know, they declared me the winner. There's no instant replay. It is what it is. You've all already said, Monsoon, that you're going to uphold the, the referee's decision. There's no reason for us to have this match, basically. And then Brett comes out and says he accepts. So Brett and Stone Cold start battling on the entrance ramp. We go to commercial and come back, and they're still going at it. Mm-hmm. And then Taker comes out because Taker and Austin are supposed to have a match. And then now it's Taker and Brett fighting on the entrance ramp. And then Taker and Austin. And then, oh, God, there there was so much insanity, but in such a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes shenanigans like this can really fall flat, but this worked. This worked really, really well. 
um, see, Taker attacks Brett. Austin gets in and Taker goes after Austin. Then from somewhere, Vader shows up. Yeah. And then so, Brett and Vader, yeah. oh, Brett and Vader, they finally get uh, Brett backstage. And then we get shots backstage of Brett and Vader fighting. And then at the end of it, everybody's in the ring. Everybody's fighting everybody. Because Vader ends up coming out with Paul Bear. And then Brett comes out. And like, and I don't understand what's happening with that. That, that was the only confusing part for me. Why is Paul Bear with Vader? Because Vader attacked Undertaker. Uh, in the lead up to the Royal Rumble, oh, so he's okay. kind of so transitioned. Bearer he's, has now dropped mankind, and now he's with Vader because Vader's attack Taker, and so yeah, Bearer's. I, I, don't, I don't know ever. if he's. I don't know if he's fully dropped mankind. I think um, him and mankind link back up later on in in the year. Uh, but yeah, essentially Vader's now uh, under the management of of Paul Bearer. But what I actually really enjoyed about this was how this. This segment with uh, Gorilla Monsoon flawed into the match, which then flawed into the the brawl. Uh, you explained it perfectly. It was it was utter insanity. It was chaotic, but it was entertaining chaotic. Uh, and I think the the one defining factor is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He has grown so much in the in the, in the 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 six months or so that we've been watching him. He's becoming. The, the 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 rattlesnake, uh, the way he's in uh, Gorilla Monsoon's face, calling him a jackass, uh, saying he shouldn't have to be in this uh, match. Uh, and once he beats them three uh, 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 at the pay per view, he's going to come and beat uh, Gorilla Monsoon's ass. Brilliant, just and then there was some kind of line about, um, "I'll get you a bunch of bananas and tell you, show you where to stick them." And I'm like, yeah. "Whoa!" Like <laughs> it was, it was gr- great. Like I can't <laughs> even. It was hard to discern at some points what part was just the match, uh, but th- I think there was enough of a chunk there that, that we could. Um, but really, the, the the match was kind of... It was necessary because they had put it on the card, but at the same time, it was completely unnecessary because it was just insanity all around, but in the best way possible. Yeah, it, it, was. it just it made sense. Everything made sense. Everything flowed well, even to the point of seeing the backstage shots between Brett and Vader, then having them come back out to the ring and everything just going to hell in a handbasket. Bells ringing for no reason because ain't nobody going to break up. You know, they're going to continue. You can take your bell and shove it where the sun don't shine because we're throwing down. So it was. It's a very, it was a crazy beginning and it was a crazy end. Some of the stuff in the middle didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was filler, but the beginning and end of this episode is, is the best part really Mm -hmm. and truly. And, and I'm going to do something now that that it pains me to my very soul to do, but I'm going to give props to Jerry Lawler because in this segment, um, he played up to his uh, to his role as an antagonist. Um, when uh, Jim Ross uh, mentions that the Undertaker's got uh, injured ribs, he's shouting at Austin, "Focus on the ribs! Focus on the ribs!" And he actually gets out of his chair and mm. goes to ringside, and he's and he's trying to get Austin's attention. Hit him in the ribs! Hit him in the ribs! Um, yeah, I don't like giving uh, Jerry Lawler a lot of praise, but I've got to give him praise for that. He really kind of added 
added uh, an extra layer to to this story for me. And to me, that's what an, anta- an antagonistic or a color commentator should be. Maybe not to the point of getting up out of his chair, although that definitely added to it. But being able to be antagonistic without attacking, you know what I'm saying? Or taking mm-hmm. advantage of things like we've seen Jerry do in the past. You know, that th- this was color commentating done right you know even talking about brett he quit he quit you know why why should he get to accept he just said he quit you know that there's good ways to do it you know and this this was a great example yeah and and, and lots of alluding to what we're going to see in later in the year as well with uh with brett saying that uh, the WWF and Vince and Shawn Michaels have all screwed him. Yeah, just mm. give it, give it six months or so, nine months. Um, you may be uh, thinking that, that they've screwed you more than you ever know. Foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was thinking as Brett was talking about being screwed over. I was like, oh, Brett screwed Brett. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is where it all starts coming down. I was, I was about to start looking up on my phone. I'm like, what date was the Montreal screw job? Like, how close are we to this? Mm-hmm. And so, because it's, it's really starting to feel like we're getting very close to that point. So storyline-wise, anyway. Yeah. So, so Danny, you've uh, you've been notable in your sounds. What did you think of this? All I think because we just last... we haven't shut up. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying uh, listening to you too. This whole um, last uh, twenty minutes of or so of this show because <laughs> there's very little actual wrestling on the show. This is yeah. all storyline building. This is all um, character building. And ironically, the the least amount of wrestling has been the, one of the most entertaining shows we've watched. Mm, definitely. Um, the whole thing, to me, I just kept thinking, imagine Gorilla Monsoon in his prime versus Stone Cold. That would have been oh. pretty cool. Oh, man. That's I think, what I think Gorilla would, would rip Stone Cold limb from limb. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it would be the most entertaining thing that we have seen in 35 weeks. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been really cool uh, to see. But um, I think Gorilla was in his 60s, um, Jim Ross mentioned at this point. So <laughs> we wasn't going to see that. But, yeah, the whole thing, I just I can't agree with both of you more. It, was, it just did its job. Um, it really, really... Uh, continue to drive the storylines and I actually can't wait to, to next week to uh, review next week's show to see what happens mm-hmm. and and we, we're getting very very close obviously to uh, um, the, the pay-per-view um, but also something that happens just before the pay-per-view where a certain uh, uh, wrestler may lose, a, lose their smile so mm. it's all to change in the next few weeks so yeah we're getting to a very interesting part in uh in uh, the WWF right now. In the history of things. We are. Yeah, it definitely feels like a... a and I, I hate to say this because I, like, I feel like I've said this a couple of times or that we've said this, whether it's been myself, you, Tanner, Danny, anybody, but it feels like a change is on the horizon. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I said, we've said that a few times and then it, it's, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. Yeah, but again, it, it kind of um, it links to a, a mindset that we've had since doing this show that WWE's history um, 
it, it's it's very it's painted that these things were instantaneous that such a thing happened and this guy was a star uh, such a thing happened and this era of wrestling started it didn't it 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 slowly evolved into the Attitude Era. There wasn't one real kind of defining moment that said, right, that is the, the new generation era done and this is the Attitude Era. It was very much baby steps. Uh, and I think that's the most interesting point of this of doing the show, that we can go back and, and, and kind of see that it wasn't uh, uh, an instantaneous change. It was... Uh, very very gradual uh, that you see little flashes of of excellence and then back to uh, um, a lot of tedium before we get to the the absolute craziness that is full-blown attitude era and i think that's an important thing to really keep in mind as you know even as we look at modern wrestling because I know a lot of us, myself included, get very frustrated with what's going on with a product. We we want things to happen here and now. And sometimes when you give it that push that you think that it needs, it works out that way and it works very well. And sometimes it doesn't. Some I think it's good for us as wrestling fans, as the internet wrestling community, to remember that sometimes these things can't just happen overnight. You have to, while a large portion of us may be behind this one wrestler and what they're doing, in order for it to be a really good push, you got to get everybody behind it. You've got to get as many people as you can wanting to see what we see in a certain wrestler. And so I think that's another thing that, that makes this podcast kind of fascinating because like you said you know we think oh stone cold won the king of the ring and dropped stone cold 316 and that was it attitude arrow was born or you know and that and we've got a whole what year and a half since then before it really kicks in really well Mm -hmm. and we're only six months into it 32 35 some odd weeks so I, i think that's that's a great thing to remember, you know, for... It, it, for it's the rose-coloured glasses effect, I think. And, yeah. And something that, that you mentioned as well, the Mandela effect. Yeah. We, we remember it being instantaneous because we are told it was instantaneous. When you actually go back, it's not as uh, as instantaneous as, as it's made out. Yeah, definitely. You know, we want it to be, but that's not... <laughs> what we want and what reality is is a very different cookie. There's so many other examples of that throughout WWE, like um, when uh, JBL split up from uh, the APA, um, WWE would have you think he was just this massively good heel, but it did take a long time, and it took a long time for Eddie Guerrero to make JBL into a heel, into a proper heel that fans could take seriously, but there's hundreds of other examples of that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. 
But I think that's going to do it, unless anybody has any final thoughts on this week's episode of Raw, the Raw after the Royal Rumble, January 20th in Beaumont, Texas. I mean, I'd like to wrap this episode up by by saying, if you're watching this for wrestling, um, watch the first match and then skip the rest. If you watched it for the storyline and for, for the, uh, the genesis of what the Attitude Era is going to be, this is a good kickoff point because you see a lot of that that uh, chaos that a lot of that kind of a uh, almost unplanned um madness uh the 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 area is so famous for so yeah for me this was a, a really entertaining show uh yeah. danny give us your your views on this yep definitely the same um because uh it's just all about the story to me, isn't it? It's just mm-hmm. um, getting to the pay-per-view and then getting to WrestleMania, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the uh, journey. Definitely. All right, so let's get some socials and get the heck out of here. Danny, where can people find you? Thank you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalow. Uh, I may not sound Scottish, but I am. Um, you can find me also, you can listen to me on One Man's Meat podcast where we've just um, re- uh, recorded our second episode with Chris Bellis. Um, you can find me on Nitro Nights with the great Cy Powell, and you can find me here where I'll be next week. Wow, you got a lot going on, my friend. <laughs> well, you have ju- you're, you're turning into another mags, just jumping in the deep end. Oh. <laughs> jumping in the deep end, got like six podcasts going. <laughs> I learned from the best. Ah, there you go. There you go. Somebody knows how to butter up the electorate. <laughs> uh, I don't like buttering up the electorate. There's plenty of other people that can do that for me. <laughs> I like to give the electorate shit. (laughs) It's more fun that way. Speaking of Lord Mags, where can all the good people find you, my friend? Yep, you can uh, you can find me on on the Twitter at PopFatherMags. I've also started sharing clips of uh, of the content I'm involved in on that Tiki Toki thing. Um, That's at uh, I think Mags All Pods. Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure he'll be there. Just... Um, I've seen Mags All Pods, but I've also seen there's one for Chain Wrestling. Ah, yeah, that that's run by Sai. He's more. I mean, it's it's a um, a paradox, but he's more technically advanced on TikTok than I am. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you follow me. Uh, come and follow me on 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 Twitter. You'll find links to all the content I'm I'm involved in, whether it's here on Chairshot or on Radio Techers or Visionaries Global Media. Uh, but before I kind of uh, sign off, I, I do want to give Danny some flowers. Uh, I'm really enjoying Natural Nats. Uh, um, I I love the the fact that you are um, on a, a show that is uh, retrospectively reviewing both sides of this uh, of this um, uh, Monday Night War that we're we're going into. Um, your your views on both are, are really kind of refreshing, and it's cool to 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 hear. Uh, so yeah, keep up the good work, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you would like to follow our missing in action partner, Tanner, you can find him at Texas Gentleman underscore. You can also catch him at Radio Techers uh, for your UFC Premier League chain wrestling. God, there's so many. There's so many things there. There's lots. 
It's something for everybody. That's right. So go and, and give it a subscribe. Yeah, you can find them both on Twitch and um, on the YouTubes under Radio Techers. That's R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. And of course, for myself, Ori the Draw, you can find me at Ori the Draw on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And that's going to be our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out all of the cool shows here, new shows every day on the Cheershot Radio Network. And you can also check out our store at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And don't forget, you guys, always use your head. ShareShot.com. Always use your head.